0: Crack on! Or if you have just joined, where have you been? But equally welcome to those of you who are tuning in for the first time, having heard that this week's episode features Michelle Keegan! Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I really wanted to do an Oprah voice for one of these, and I just felt like, you know, the time was right. And I don't feel great about it, but at least it's done now and we can all, we can all move on. Michelle was such a fun guest and you guys are going to absolutely love this chat. She is Queen of the North, Princess of British Television, Sweetheart of the Nation. I can already tell she's going to hate this introduction, but you know what? that doesn't matter because it's my podcast uh michelle is an actress that you would know from carnation street our girl brassic she also has an amazing clothing line with very uk and she's just an all-reigned renaissance woman um i hope you guys enjoy this chat michelle keegan everyone I want to officially welcome Michelle Keegan. Welcome to Crack On. Hello, thank you so much for having me. It's very, I'm really excited about this. I'm so excited to have you. Um, do you know what I? I think I probably knew this, and then I mm. was reminded of it when I was like doing a bit of research. But oh, we yeah. are
1: Gemini twins. Are we? Actually, did I know that? I probably did know that. You a June baby? We're both third of June. <gasps> I know. I didn't know that. I know it's amazing. That's very rare. Honestly, I don't know a lot of people on the third of June.
0: I know, but you know what? I actually think all the greats are Gemini's. Like, yes, obviously me and you. Then I've got my best friend Jane, but mm-hmm. then we've also got like Amy Schumer, Marilyn Monroe, <sighs> Kanye. Amy Schumer is your fave. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but all of like all of the great Geminis. But Mark's not a Gemini, is he? know.
1: No, he's a Capricorn. He's a Capricorn. Apparently we um, we get on, that's the main thing, as um, our star signs go. But are, are you a true Gemini? In the sense that like, I'm
0: two-faced, I guess. <laughs> 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 no, but like I definitely do have two sides. Like in terms of like, I can be really, really like buzzy and want to go out all the time and then also be very chilled. Like, are you like that? Me too. I'm literally
1: one or the other. Always. I'm always like that. I'm never an in-between. I'm either really, like, really chilled out or really highly motivated. There's never, like, an in-between with me. Yeah, same. It's always been the same.
0: Yeah. But, like, I think that's, like, a good thing. I don't know if I could just, like, float by, you know?
1: Yeah, true. true. It's good for me making decisions, I'm the one, especially when it comes to me, Mark, I'm the one who makes the decisions. He's more like, he'll be the in-between going, oh, I don't know. I'm like, right, we're doing it. All right, we're not doing it, you know? Oh, my so God. it is good yeah, for that.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, so <laughs> obviously, you know, the concept of the podcast is just about like finding the good in hard times and basically finding the crack in cracking on. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to hear what your first example is and
1: what you want to share with mm-hmm. me today. Okay, so I've been thinking about that. I've been trying to like think of like situations that have happened in my past, like little funny anecdotes and things. And to be fair, it's been actually quite hard. I've been asking my mom and everything like that. And one of the, I suppose this one came to me because it's the most obvious one. Um, but for me, it's probably when I left Coronation Street. So I was there for six and a half years. And um, I'd say it took me two years to make the decision to actually leave, to make the decision to move on. And well, my my initial thought process was, I'll leave the show a couple of years out, and if things don't work, I can always go back. Yeah. So for me, I had the, I had um, a meeting with the producers, and they were really sweet about it, and they understood why I was leaving, and then. They were like, absolutely, that's fine. We're leaving the door open for Tina. Like, we you know, we love the character. And I was quite lucky where um, the audience really took to my character. So I got really great storylines. You know, I was working in the Rovers, surrounded by all these legends. You know, I was very, very lucky in that sense. And then, um, and then out, the, out the blue, a few weeks to, I'll say a few months, actually, before I left, producer got me into the room and was like, we've got a really good storyline for you, you know, to go out on. And, and the bang, I was like, oh, fantastic, what is it? Goes, We're thinking of killing Tina. And by and by, this time the press already knew that I was leaving Coronation Street, I've said to everyone, you know, that I was going to go, and it was literally like the safety net has been, like, ripped from underneath my feet. Um, And yeah, after that, you couldn't go back and go, wait, 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 I don't want to leave anymore. I had to go with it. So it was just a massive gamble for me. And I knew then that there was no going back. That's so, so scary. Yeah. It was so, so scary. Um, one of the most scary things I've ever, ever had to do. Cause it's so, you know, it's such a lovely job and being in Coronation Street, everyone's such a family there as well. It's all so family orientated. And it's such like a cliche thing to say, but it really is like, it was such a lovely job. And I had regular income. Um it was Which just is so nice rare job. for an actor. <laughs> so rare. And I've I, I've been in that lucky position where you know since I left drama school that I went to, I got Coronation Street literally six months after I started the school. So I was very lucky and I've never mm. been an, an out of work actor, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, because
0: it's and then you're almost like, okay, well, I shouldn't leave because I've been given mm-hmm. this.
1: So yeah. Why people stay for so long, isn't it? Exactly. And, and then the think I was never bored of the job. It wasn't like I was like, right, I'm ready to leave because of what I want to do things so things. I'm bored of it. I left purely because I didn't want to look back in 10 years' time and think, what if? Could I have done something else? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, making that decision was a really, really tough one. And then to t- get it taken away from the option ever going back was even harder. But... I had to crack on. I had to, you know. And I had you to go did with it. Because
0: you've done amazing things since. I mean, did you have a job lined up? So when
1: no. that's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like I literally thought I'd have a year off, I'll go and do other things, and then Tina can come back. Like that's what I genuinely thought. So yeah, no, there was no job lined up. I had no idea what I was gonna do, um, how long my money would last for that I saved up
0: um that's the thing because I think saving is like great and then you slowly realize that like oh I'm actually spending this like it's like yeah great when you see it yeah 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 yeah. I know it's so scary so when they told you that they were going to kill Tina off were you Mm. I mean I guess you probably like couldn't put up a fight could you
1: (laughs) no it was too late they already knew I was leaving and um like I said, the, the press already had hold of the story that I was leaving, so there was no leeway, really. It was like the writers have you know, all come together and I've got an amazing storyline for you. So I was just like, oh, okay, okay, what is it? And they told me the storyline. And to be fair, it was an amazing storyline to leave on. I literally went out with a bang and I was very grateful for that because it was like who it? Um, Wow. Um, well, so yeah, it was enough. a big storyline. It was a really good one. But I remember speaking to um, Julie Hez, who played Haley at the time, Haley Cropper, and she said it's the best way to go out because in every interview now, you're not going to get asked, are you going to go back to Coronation Street? That's so You funny. know, that takes yeah. the option out. And it will also make you push harder and work harder to go and do other jobs. And that is so right. And I remember saying that, actually, I think because she asked to leave. She asked, so she asked to be killed. Um, Yeah, Julie has. So, yeah. yeah that's
0: amazing, but it's so true. I feel like, mm. I mean, any time as well, like obviously I quit my day job last year. Yeah. Came to Manchester with Aaron and mm-hmm. it was the best thing that happened because it forced me to actually write my own stand up show because I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, like, I don't have any other
1: anything else fall back on yeah
0: yeah it's, it's yeah. like really scary like I know but it's so true it's like the best things happen outside of your comfort zone but exactly
1: it's exactly like hard
0: to get out of the
1: comfort zone <laughs> it, it is it is but that's I I have sort of taken that with me now through life um I feel like I have to follow my own instincts a lot of the time now um and if something doesn't feel right there's a reason behind it and I have to change that um, so it's taught me really to follow my instincts a lot more, and not only that, but to um, believe in myself a little bit more as well. Like that was huge. I was only 26 at the time, and like I said, it was my first ever job. And um, I've been I've been really really lucky since leaving the show, and touch wood it continues. But who knows? Yes, Again, after, like you just don't know. Um, but I, yeah, it's, yeah, it taught me life lessons definitely
0: it's funny that you say like you know you're like touch wood it continues even though you have done such incredible work it's like it's crazy to see that like even you have that kind of like okay touch wood
1: that it all keeps going you know oh yeah I've got the um is it called imposter syndrome yes massive 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 and I've spoke about this numerous times actually but I I definitely have got imposter syndrome and I think that will you know that will never go away for me. Like there's lots of situations where I'm in, and I I look around the room and I have to pinch myself a lot of the time, and I always feel like someone's going to tap me on the shoulder and go, eh, "Excuse me, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be here," all the time. I think it's a very female thing to feel like
0: I, I. I don't hear as many men talk like
1: that. I, it's always women, um, unless they do and they don't. They don't want to talk about it and they can't speak about it.
0: That's very you true. Know? Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, maybe it's a pride thing for
1: for a guy. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I feel like a, a man just like arrives to set and is like, yeah, like I should be here.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, like
0: yeah. questioning it. Whereas women are just kind of like, oh my god, like I'm so lucky to be here, and like,
1: true. You- yeah, it's... it's weird though because on set, I always feel like I always see um, really vulnerable men on set. Like they're not the ones that will come out, like you said, they'll go, "I am so lucky to be here." I am a bit nervous today. They're the ones that you know give it the bravado, but un- there is underlining vulnerable sort of signs there the whole time. Mm. And I see that I see that quite a lot actually. That's so Where I am quite open, I am quite open. Like I will literally go on set and go, oh, "Having a really nervous day today," and. You know, I'm really struggling with lines and quite, I'm quite open in that way.
0: That's great. It just like encourages other people.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just think it's human as well. I think it's normal. Definitely.
0: Yeah. So when you left Carnation Street, how long was it until you got your first gig afterwards? Um, I think it was,
1: let me look at I think it was like eight months. Okay, so
0: it that was
1: eight a scary months. eight months. Very scary, yeah. You know, it's in nearly a year, really. I didn't think of it like that. Um, and I was kept getting scripts and stuff, but something just didn't feel right. Like, I was reading the scripts. I was just like, no, it's not the right one. It's not the right one. And then I remember reading a script, um, the show that I did called Ordinary Lies. And it was actually written, written by Daniel Brocklehurst, actually. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, and it was brilliant. It was a really fun concept. And um, yeah, I just loved it. And I, and I went for the audition and uh, I got it. So that was my first job after after leaving Corey.
0: Oh my God, amazing. And did you get to like do anything fun in those eight months or did you kind of just spend it like trying to get your next job?
1: Oh, that's, oh my God, I can't. You know what? It's so weird because it's such a blur. Those to be fair, I think I was planning the wedding. Oh, wow, I think, that's yeah, I think, great to have time off for. <laughs> I had time, exactly. I think because I was so busy, even the six and a half years I was there, like I said to you, I was very lucky. I got brilliant storylines. And even when I wasn't in storyline, I was always in work because I worked in the Rovers, which is oh, like the epicenter so of yeah. the street, you know? So I was constantly in work. Um, and I ne- And so I never really had the time to do anything else. So I think I actually took some time out and I was lucky enough to be able to plan the wedding and um, travel down south and come back up north to see my family. So it sort of worked out really well at that time.
0: Was it a change? I mean, Carnation Street's filmed in Manchester, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So then did you move to London afterwards or Essex? You live in, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I moved to Essex. And then what's weird is Ordinary Lives was also filmed in Manchester. So then I had to go. It's great.
0: So, I, I know. I was going to, like I said Darren I was like, you're going to finish up for us and then <laughs> we'll be back to I London. Because like, we pay rent in yeah. London and we do not live there. And I'm I like, know. we will, we'll sign a year lease being like, okay, we're back. And then it'll be yeah. something else,
1: back in Manchester. <laughs> wow. And it's so weird because I've been in London, well, I've been down South now for um, five years, six years, six years. And I've not had any jobs in London, filming wise, acting jobs. They've either been abor- abroad or back up north again. It's and you always think so being in weird. London in the city, you know, that's where it's all happening and stuff, but it is actually not the film, you know, film industry's film everywhere else apart from London. It's so weird.
0: I think they just cast everything out of and it's the same with like mm. LA. Like I was yeah. talking about this recently everything is cast out of LA, but like nothing is filmed there unless it's like the random sitcoms or something.
1: Mm -hmm. And filmed in a studio or something like that.
0: Yeah, you're never actually like in these glamorous places that you think.
1: (laughs) I know, it's true. It's so true. And people move to LA to, you know, work over there and you just don't work over there. It's mental.
0: I know, like me and Aaron want to live there, you know, like before we have kids and stuff and just like have like a couple of years in the sun, you know, because- Ah, Are you going to do it? Well, we're thinking of doing it next year. Um, oh, I know. It would be exciting. really fun. Um, but I was like, honestly, what will happen is we'll be out there like six months and then Aaron will get a job in London. Like that will just like, yeah, they'll have like
1: paid for like the dogs to come over. We'll just have signed a lease. And then and you just got Arne- settled in as well. You just settled yeah. and it's like, right now getting the plane, come home. And it will be like something big that
0: he like can't say no to, you know, which yeah. would be amazing, but it's like, I just can tell that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. You know? But it it's would be so fun idea. like to live there for, I just want like the sun, like, cause I lived there on my own and yeah. I just- Did you like, like it? I did, like I loved the lifestyle and I loved just like being able to go to the beach and like walking yeah. everywhere and like all the restaurants, but it wasn't like the funnest time I just didn't really know what I was doing. Like I was auditioning, but I was also mm. waitressing, like literally the most LA cliche. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get discovered. Yeah. <laughs> always a, you're always a waitress, innit? not it? Always. I know. It's like, there's other jobs. <laughs> 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 but yeah. So it wasn't like the greatest circumstances. Experience. And I was well. doing long distance. So it mm. was just like, it wasn't that's the tough. best time. So I'd like to go back and give it another try. But like, I'd say we all settle in London. Like there's no part of me that's mm. like, oh, I'm going to like raise my kids in America, you know?
1: No, I think it's nice for you and Aaron to go out and just take it off, you know, bucket list that you've both done it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. Because me and Matt were in LA. Well, Matt was living out there full time for a year and a half and I was going back and, you know, back and forward. Um, and I was out there for a couple of months at a time and stuff. And it was actually really nice. And I feel like, we've done that we've ticked it off our list you know to live out there and we've done it we've lived we've lived the la life and it was brilliant um but we both missed home so
0: yeah 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 i mean was it like a hard decision for you guys to just be like okay it's like back home
1: um it was more mark's decision really because obviously he was the one that was working out there um and i knew i knew he was gonna always gonna be like that anyway because it was so far away from home it's not like a couple of hours, you know, on a plane. It's like 11 hours. It's so far. And um, after a while, he's too family orientated, Mark, to be away from his family for that amount of time. Like he was there for a year and yeah. a half, you know? Um, but yeah. he had to do it. Like Mark's very like that. He has to, if he's got something in his head, he has to do it.
0: Um, and like other, stick other with other it as well.
1: Exactly. Like,
0: sometimes with that stuff, you're like, oh my God, I really miss home. But like everyone knows I've done this. So I just
1: have to commit. Exactly. I think he was getting homesick the first month, actually. Aww. But like you said, I think he just stuck with it because he had to. Because yeah. it was a big move for him to do.
0: It's so good that he did it though. And yeah, you yeah. guys have done it. Well we'll we'll be chatting in like a few years
1: and I'll be like, Yeah, we got too homesick as well. <laughs> exactly, I know, I know. but then and then it's so weird because people like especially in the media at the time, they were like, you know, um, turning it into a negative, the fact that, you know, I was working away and Matt was working in LA and and it was like we were just seeing the positive side of it. Like we were both doing what we love to do, and then coming together. Yeah, and you know, and an amazing place because we could. And yeah. for some reason, the the media thought it was a negative.
0: I think Mental. what people don't understand about like you know being married to an actor is that you don't really, or you know, like a broadcaster mm-hmm. or whatever it is, you don't get to see each other it's not a nine to five like there's just yeah. kind of like no scenario that me and Aaron are ever going to be other than COVID like honestly this mm-hmm. is like the first time that we
1: are able to see each other every day like that's like never yeah. happened yeah it's- and you can't plan things either you just don't know what's going to happen in three months time six months a years time you just You can't plan, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 exactly. And you're so right. Like when you come together, then it's like the best time. Like you make such time for each other. You do fun things. It's not just like, you know, oh, you again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, there he is again. Walking in the house.
1: Okay. (laughs) Asking where his tea is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So so do you have a second example of, you know, a time, like a hurdle or a time you had to overcome?
1: Yes i this is before i was in college i was was younger here and i was living at home and um i left college i had no idea what i wanted to do and i was going to go university but then i was like well what do i study at university that i'm really you know passionate about and i couldn't put my finger on it so i was like right i'm going to take a few years off um i'm going to get a full-time job and i applied to work at this bank in man in the city so I think I was like 17 at the time, 18, 18 so I was just driving. Um, and I thought it was really official, you know, I'm going to work in a bank. I'm going to be one of those city girls, you know. And uh, I went for the interview, went really well. And then I went for another interview. And it was sort of like, we'll see you on Monday scenario. So I was like, oh, fantastic. I got, you know, I'm, I've got the job, I'm, work, I'm going to work in a bank. So I ran home, told my mum, she was over the moon. You know, like an 18-year-old daughter working in the bank, you know, it was quite a big deal. And then, so she took me shopping that day and she took me shopping in Zara and bless her, she spent like quite a lot of money and getting me all these like, um, you know, posh blazers and shoes and really official clothes, you know. So anyway, went to work, what I thought was work on the Monday. And then um, I was like, why am I sat in this room with like three other people again? I thought I'll get my own desk and things like that. Anyway, so the guy said, "You know, come come into my office." So I did, and he just was like, "Thank you for coming. We really appreciate, like, you know, coming all the way, and your application was was brilliant." But we're not taking any more people at the minute. So, so that was like, so I haven't got the job. He was like, "No, but maybe apply next year, and we'll see what happens." So I was heartbroken, like literally heartbroken. And I got in the car and I thought, right, what do I do here? because I didn't want to disappoint my family. My mum spent all this money and she was so excited that like she told all the family that I got this job. So for three weeks, I was getting up at 7am, getting ready for work that I was not going to, I wasn't going to work and driving round the street until my mum went to work. And then I'd come home oh while she was at work. And then about four o'clock, I'd get dressed back into my uniform again and wait at the top of the street for it to come home. And I remember every time I came in, she'd be like, "How's your day? How was work? And I'd have to make up these scenarios that happened at you know my new workplace. And after three weeks, I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't keep up with this lie and getting up at 7am for no reason. And in the end, I had like a breakdown. I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't have the job all this time. I just didn't want you to be disappointed in me. And that's what happened. Oh, so I literally cracked on for three weeks with this yes. fake job, just so I didn't disappoint my family. Um, yeah, and oh I felt really God. bad for it. That is and heartbreaking. She still, I know, and she still tells she still tells the story to this day. To this day.
0: I mean, it's just so sweet. Like that is just so sound of you to be like, you know what? Like she spent this money, and like three weeks is like decent. Like I feel like I would have done it for like two days, and I'm
1: like, you know what? Like I
0: you know, like I
1: know. I was so tired. I was like, why am I getting up, setting my alarm for this time to go nowhere, to drive up the street and wait there? Like why am I? I'm putting my makeup on. I was like, I can't believe I've got makeup on at seven a.m. for no reason. Um. But I just felt really, you know what it was? It was because it was a disappointment. I didn't want her to be disappointed because she, I saw her face. She was so excited that I got this new job. Um, I just didn't want her to be disappointed. So I just sort of carried on with this facade for as long as I could
0: oh my god you should have gone back to the bank and told them that story (laughs) and been like here is how committed I am like you might as well just like
1: hire me (laughs) hire me now hire me now because you are missing out look what I've done but then that's so I probably wouldn't have gone into acting you know if that didn't happen because would have had a full-time job and I wouldn't have been able to go acting school so maybe maybe it was fake
0: oh my god it definitely was although like how annoying for that bank like they could have been like we had michelle keegan as like a teller." <laughs> <laughs> and now they
1: can't <laughs> I, I genuinely want to do that you know that pretty woman thing which goes in the shows huge mistake huge yeah
0: you
1: know oh <laughs> my mean? god yeah
0: have you not done that yet like
1: i was <laughs> walking in with the uniform that you know i got bought when i was 18 just walking back in with it I know, like, the mortgage papers go, big mistake, huge.
0: <laughs> big mistake, big, huge. It is so sad that, like, when you're younger, the idea of, like, a full-time job is, like, the most exciting thing and, like, wearing, like, I know. like tights with, like, a little skirt and heels. You're like, oh, my God, like, I am, like, a working man. You know
1: what? That's exactly what it was. Like, i just finished college and I didn't want to just work, you know, in a shop. I, I you know, I wanted to be, like, doing a nine-to-five, like you said, with tights and little heels on, and a skirt mm. that went past my knee, yeah. um, <laughs> and it just felt—I felt, felt really grown up. I felt really grown up, and I was like, "I'm working in the bank. This is a pretty big deal, in the city centre. And then it just got ripped out out of my hands there and then.
0: Oh my god! So what was your mom like when you told her?
1: She just burst out laughing. I honestly—I thought she was going to go. I thought she was going to go mad because I'd been lying to her, but. I think she knew how upset I was because I was really upset. And then she just started laughing at me, just laughing, which definitely made me feel a lot better. Oh
0: my God. That is so cute. (laughs) So like, what made you then, like, did you just start applying for drama school? Like, where did it come from? What was the like transition into that?
1: So I obviously needed a full-time job still um, because I wasn't going to go uni again. um, So the year after, so I thought to myself, I'll take the year out still and I'll just work in a shop full time. So I did and my friend said to me um, I've heard about Manchester School of Acting, which is where I went, will you come with me? Because we were both interested in, in drama in college and I used to do like stage productions outside school. And I was like yeah, absolutely. So we used to go every Tuesday and Thursday and because I could, because I could change my hours and my shifts because I worked full time in this shop and then um and yeah that's what happened and then I got coronation street six months after that oh my god mm. do you know Fakes. what's
0: yeah it, it honestly is like I'm such a firm believer that like everything happens for a reason and
1: mm-hmm. like Me I mean that
0: is like the whole you know thing of crack on is like okay this this good stuff comes out of like a tough mm-hmm. time. And always that bang story as well is like, it, even if nothing came out of it, your mom has like
1: an, a hilarious story to tell. Oh, she loves that. Honestly, she loves that story. I don't know how many times she's told that story. She thinks it's hilarious that I was waiting at the top of the street. Fully <laughs> kitted up in uniform and makeup at 7am. She thinks it's hilarious.
0: The commitment is like admirable. I'm like, honestly, so <laughs> impressed. <laughs> uh, there was something I was going to ask you off the back of that oh yeah you know what's so weird is like I wanted to start asking guests on the podcast like a job that you worked that you had to like crack on with because I feel like everyone has had like, a mm. shitty job but what mm-hmm. is so weird is like since I kind of like introduced that into like the brief every mm-hmm. I, no joke the last three guests I've had on have brought up a job as their second crack on and I'm like oh my god you guys are psychic
1: like just oh that. Yeah, it's so really weird. yeah that is weird because I was thinking is this an example of cracking on but then I think well I suppose it is isn't it that is an example of cracking on yeah okay and, yeah, very and right. like, so I've been the brief good
0: oh yeah no you've you, yeah you can go now <laughs> I, na- I nailed the brief yeah there we go
1: <laughs> very excited about that
0: yeah no it's like a perfect example because like what a good thing came out of it and like Mm. it's just so weird though like I mean what do you think in life you would have done had you not have gone to drama school and not got carnation street like do you think there was anything else that you were like meant to do I mean I I believe that like you were exactly where you're meant to be in life but Mm -hmm. in like an alternative universe you know
1: um I would like to say doing something creative um, wh- whatever that may be. Like, I really enjoyed um, media studies at school as well and drama. And yeah, media studies and drama at school. So, and I did them both at college at A level as well. So, maybe something, I don't know, maybe something to do with media or PR. I don't know. It's just something quite creative. Um, and I love being around people as well. So, I couldn't be just in an office on my own. I think I'd have to be around people. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe animals, because I love animals as well. Like you, I love my doggies. I know. So maybe something to do with animals.
0: Oh my know. God, yeah, we both have a dog called Pip as well.
1: And he was like a chihuahua. Yeah. It's you know, like No a- one's got a dog called Pip apart from us. It's actually mad. I've never heard anyone have a dog called Pip. What's your other dog called?
0: Phoebe. After Phoebe from Friends. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I know it's because I was obsessed. I was obsessed with friends, like obsessed. And my friends used to say that I used to. I've got like Phoebe's traits a lot of the time. Um, growing up, they used to say it me all the old time. So for me, Phoebe was like, I just loved. I love friends and I love Phoebe. So when I got the dog, I was like, I'm going to have to call her Phoebe. And she is. She really suits that name as well. She's like 12 and a half now.
0: Oh my God. Oh my God. I love that name though. And I'm obsessed with friends. You know, Aaron's never watched friends. What? Yeah. Okay. So why are you marrying him? (laughs) Okay. So I actually have to tell you this because (laughs) I was like, this is such a requirement. Like I collected the DVDs and like this started when I was a kid. My, my Nana gave me a voucher for like HMV, you know, like the, like where you can get like DVDs, whatever. So I got, I started on season five, like weirdly it was like, it was purple. So I was like, oh, I love that color. I'm going to buy that box set. Okay. So I started on season five, then like built my way up, then went back to one. Okay. So it's such yeah. a huge part of my life. And like, I literally used to have like friends, board games and stuff. And like, oh, I would make my sisters play them. them. They, yeah. But so my sisters them. are like, this isn't fun for us. Like we don't watch it as much as you do. So like, you're always going to win. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Darren, okay. As a requirement, like, you know, you're going to need to watch Friends. We started from the very start. And he, Please don't say he didn't like it. Okay. He does like it, but like- Okay, this genuinely happened last night. Like I got like annoyed. So- really oh, <laughs> protective
1: of the characters. I love it.
0: It's like, okay, we were watching an episode last night and he, there, it was an episode where like, um. so we're well in now, like we're on season five mm-hmm. and Monica and Chandler are together, but it's like on the sly. Oh yeah, after London. Yes. And mm. so Joey and, so Joey, they want to kiss on New Year's Eve. And they're like to Joey, here we really wanted to kiss, but like if no one else is kissing, so Joey's like, okay, here Ross and Phoebe, you kiss, and then mm-hmm. I'll kiss Rachel. Mm-hmm, and Aaron mm-hmm. was like, oh, so is this when they get together about Joey, Joey and, Rachel? and Rachel? And like, I got so annoyed because I thought <laughs> he meant Monica and Chandler, and I was like, have you not been? <laughs> you watching? haven't been watching. <laughs> And I was like, I won't take you on this journey with me if you are not going to pay attention.
1: And sometimes, like, sometimes he isn't uh, paying attention. Yeah, is it annoying when you're watching it and then he goes on his phone? Oh, I'm and not. you're like, excuse me, pausing it. Right, we'll have yeah. to watch that again now. Rewind. I'm like, oh, you didn't yeah. see that part? Like
0: Joey just said about like blah blah blah.
1: And mm-hmm, he's like
0: yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but like he does like a funny face, and
1: that's why the audience. <laughs> that's why it's funny. So you need to catch a funny face; otherwise, it's not going to make sense. Mate, I'm, I totally understand. Like we a few years ago, Mark is exactly the same. He's not really watched the show up to a few years ago, where I made him watch it from the start, like literally from season one. And now he totally gets it. He's obsessed. Maybe not as obsessed as I am, but he is a little bit obsessed with it now. He loves oh my it. God, that makes me mm-hmm. so happy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've introduced friends into his life, and he okay, is welcome. Aaron,
0: like, <laughs> yeah, I know, Aaron. I do God. think he, he does enjoy it, but I think he's just like, he just kind of like winds me up, you know?
1: Yeah, he's doing it on purpose. It's because you love them.
0: Yeah. Because you love like,
1: them and he knows yeah. that.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it just never gets additional. boring
1: though. It never <laughs> gets boring, does it? It always cheers me up. I know. I actually like,
0: okay, so we were naming tables at our at our wedding and I was like, oh, oh we yeah. should like name them as like friends locations. And Aaron was like, No. <laughs> like that would be insane I was like but how fun would it be if like someone like goes to the thing and they're like oh I'm in Joey and Chandler's apartment and Aaron's like no like we're not doing that oh I'd love that our central
1: perk I know like it would be so yes. great and the thing is everyone's gonna know everyone's gonna know what they are yeah and it's, it's different I think you should do it so I think you should put your foot down we
0: could just even do like a few friends occasions like there can be other stuff as well yeah, you know, it was like, sand- like you could be sitting at Central mm. Park and then, you know, because mm. mm. I guess like with friends locations, you can kind of run out. Like mm. they don't really go, it's like just or their apartments.
1: You do New York and friends locations, so it all sort of fits together. Okay, it's done. Because I mean, you've been in you've been New York, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love New yeah, York. You've been- yeah, but say so you love New York, I say So yeah, there you go. Sandwich them together. Perfect. It's going to work.
0: Okay. I'll I'll sit you at Central Perk, okay? Yes, thank you. (laughs) Okay, let me move on. Okay, so this is, and by the way, thank you for sharing both of those um, examples of crack on. They're amazing. With the good examples, yeah, brilliant. Okay. Okay. You know what's so funny? Um, I switched on the TV yesterday, and sometimes I'm just like going to Amazon Prime, but you have to like switch on the regular TV first, Mm. and. This keeps happening to me. I obviously switch on the TV at about quarter past six every evening because mm. I keep getting sucked into catchphrase. Okay, <laughs> and yesterday
1: Mark is on catchphrase. On it, right? Can we just discuss how well he actually did? Because it so blew well. my mind. Like anything like that. Like I love the Chase and I watch the Chase, right? And he just can't stand games. He can't. He he, he just can't be doing with him. So when he told me he was doing catchphrase, I was like, "Oh wow, are you sure you want to do it? Like, you know, you haven't been practicing. You know, it's not your bag." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do it." And he he won.
0: I I was I'm so impressed.
1: Um, yeah, but I you need to terrible. go on it next. I'd be terrible, terrible. But I might be good at the chase, so maybe the chase could be good for me.
0: Okay, the chase producers, if you're listening to this, yeah. Michelle's ready. get me on
1: it. Get me on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'll go to our lightning round in a second. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Okay. So question Mm. one, your Mm. idea of crack. So obviously you know what like crack is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So my idea of crack is, it's hard in it because it's either, you have a crack on, which means you get on with things, you know, you don't let anything distract you. And if anything bad's happened, you sort of like, you know, dust that off and you carry on. So that's that or crack is also having a good time. Yeah. So
0: like this particular question, I mean, like having a good time. So,
1: so uh, like, ha, 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 ha. okay. So what's my good idea of a good time? Yeah. So
0: like it can be a night out a night in. I mean, I actually started off by asking that question and I was like, what's your ideal night out? And then I realized, oh, actually not everyone's idea of crack is a night out. Like sometimes. It's
1: <sighs> night out. I know that is so hard because. Again, very Gemini of me. I'm either one where I absolutely love a night in, takeaway, pyjamas, bath, dogs, glass of wine, movie. Mm. And then I'm the opposite where, you know, we've been out on a night out. You've seen me. We yes. were out late, late. Yeah. We were out, out. So, you know, it's either, yeah, going for a meal and then afterwards going, getting a few drinks in a bar and then going to a karaoke place. Staying out all night, tequila shots, having the best life and then regretting the um, hangover the next day. So it's either night in or night out. They're the difference, but they're both, for me, I have the best time ever with both of them. It's hard.
0: Yeah, I know it is really hard. I'm the exact same. It's funny because I had Brona on a couple of weeks ago and her answer was the exact same. She was like- Oh, really? Like she can either be like, you know, party it up Dance the night mm-hmm. away, or she just like loves like putting a really good movie on. But I think, mm. yeah, I know it
1: is really hard. It's so hard. I, I think you know how things have gone at the minute. Maybe I'm craving a night out more because we haven't had the option for so long. Yeah. So I'm probably going to say now, you know, going out, getting dressed up, having a dance, and going to a karaoke bar. I think right now, in my mind, how I am right now, that's my idea of having a crack. Okay. Grace,
0: mm. I'll take it. Mm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Okay, so a habit you
1: can't crack. Um, I've got a comfort blanket. We- yes, I know, I'm 33 30, and I've got a comfort blanket. <laughs> like I sleep with it and I smell it. I, I'm Is surprised it like it's not down here. When you were a baby or? Well, I've, I always had, um, I had a teddy really with like long ears. I used to smell it too and suck my thumb. And then I just used to smell its ear because my teeth um, needed braces because I used to suck my thumb so much. So then I stopped sucking my thumb and had that and my mum took it off me at like 14. But by, you know, you know, 14 years of every night having my comfort blanket, so then obviously that was never going to, I was never going to give it up then. And I used to use like alternatives like dressing gown cords or socks. Um, and now I, my mum used to take them off me every time i take them off me. And I used to get another one, so. I think in the end, she just gave up. And now I've got like a pajama top that used to be like bright yellow, which is, it doesn't look bright yellow anymore. It's got holes in it everywhere. And um, I think I had that one when I was 15. So it's quite, you know, it's quite an old rag now, but um, yeah, mine's a comfort blanket. And I I have it all the time, whether I'm on a plane, whether I go to the, you know, to watch a film at the cinema, I'll take it with me. Oh my God, do you just go to the cinema? I not believe I've said that, but yeah, it's true. So I'll take it in my bag <laughs> and I'll take, you know what else I'll take as well? I'll take bed socks and I'll take my comfort blanket. So for me, when I'm watching a film, that's what I do. Instead of like eating popcorn or anything like that, I'm just like chilled in my comfort blanket.
0: That sounds great. Like <laughs> I, like It's ridiculous. Know, but I, they, okay. So I actually used to get like really bad panic attacks. And one of, mm. I actually saw like a doctor about it and everything. And mm. he what, this is so weird because one thing he suggested was like
1: a blanket that you mm-hmm. go to to calm down. Uh oh, honestly, right, Doyle. This is the only way I can exp- like people. Are like, what does it smell of? Why do you keep doing that? The only way I can describe it, you know, when you go outside and you see people really stressed and they're smoking. Yeah, and you you see them sort of inhale it and they go <sighs> hold it and go. <sighs> And you feel like, I don't know why, but you feel their energy levels come down. Yeah. That's the only way I can describe how it feels to have my comfort blanket. I could be really pented up and stressed. And as soon as I have that in my hand and I um, have that in my nose, I feel my energy levels just go, and it just calms me down like that.
0: That's actually amazing. Like, that's like a really good thing to have because I think a
1: lot of people Mm. need that, you know. I know, and I, I do keep thinking like, I'm not ever going to give it up. Like maybe I should, but I just, not yet. I'm not ready yet. Maybe, you know, maybe in the future, but not yet.
0: Yeah. No, no, you shouldn't give that up. That's like a good, that's a good habit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's yeah.
0: Nice. I'll take that one.
1: <laughs> I mean, I love that you bring it to the cinema though. That's like amazing. I know, yeah. I'm Do you really like cool. smuggle it in? Like, <laughs> Put it in my bag. They can't see it. With the bed socks and a bottle of water. <laughs> Because not buying from a cinema. Put it in the water, Yeah, because it the it's like a fiver for a little... I, no, no, I'll take it with me. I'm prepared.
0: <laughs> oh my God, that is amazing. <laughs> okay, that's a good, good habit. Right. Um, a time you cracked under pressure.
1: Um, a time I cracked under pressure. So again, I remember this vividly because it's one time where I saw disappointment. I think it's the first time I actually saw real disappointment in one of my parents' faces. So I was eight years old and I went to Irish dancing competitions. Yes. Um, yes, I went to Irish dancing competitions and, um, and it was my first ever one. So it's one, you know, you have to curl all your hair and stuff. Yeah, and I had wigs. I was next. Yes. Yes, I remember. And these shoes that did up your feet, like little black pumps and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was... It was my first competition, and I was really nervous. And I remember my mum and dad came with me. And I remember I was doing the hop jig. I still, a little, I still remember a little bit of it now, but I was doing the hop jig, and I remember the coach, my coach, standing there like, yeah, yes, yeah," like really like cheering me, like, come on, yeah, yeah. And then for some reason, my mind just went completely blank. And I didn't know what to do. I just didn't know how to do you know, to finish it off. I was halfway through. And I thought, I can't walk off, so I'm going to have to carry on. And instead of doing the hop hop jig, I went into the, like a step, I think it's like a step jig or something. It basically is a completely different dance. And I remember the man watching me, I can't remember his name, and he just went, oh, that was his, his hand... Over face. No. And um, I'm, I remember my dad being there as well, mum and dad, and my dad mirrored what he did because they knew I messed up. Mm. And I think it was the pressure of it all was just far too much. You know, I was only eight. And I think because the man was going, yeah, yeah, it was too much pressure for me yeah. to take. And my mind just went, it went completely blank. I couldn't oh remember God. how to move my feet anymore. And I remembered finishing the dance and I remember coming to the end of it and I just knew what I'd done. I knew I went wrong and I knew how disappointed everyone was. And yeah, that was horrible. I remember that feeling very well. Oh my
0: God, mm. there's like a theme here. You just don't want to disappoint your parents.
1: I know, <laughs> right, honestly. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to make them listen to this because they I'll need be like, to. like, look how much I love you guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh my yeah. god, that is so
0: cute, and it wasn't your fault. You just- <laughs> I know, I just cracked under pressure. Yeah, you
1: did. It was yeah. too much. It was too much.
0: I well, love that you did Irish dancing, though. Oh my god, like I—that mm. makes me really proud. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't good at it, but I did try. <laughs> I did try. Those competitions are so intense. Like I, um, I actually like took Irish dancing really seriously, and I, I danced in Euro Disney. So you were really like good to fame. Yeah, you were good, weren't you? But like my Irish dancing teacher, we used to have to glue our socks on to our legs mm. because you could like when you were if you were dancing and your socks were like falling down, it just like didn't look good. So she would glue, it was horrible. And like your little, like eight-year-old legs would just be like so sore She glued it to your leg? Like she actually put glue and then glued it? Yeah, it was like this roll-on glue that she would put on the socks and then stick it to your leg. So it was like really high up and the the socks wouldn't like ride down as you were. Oh my God, that's awful. Yeah, Irish dancing is a, a cutthroat world. It is, isn't it? It's so pressurized. Yeah, it's I
1: didn't, so I didn't understand how it was until I, I started it, but it is really pressurized. Did you? Very disciplined continue... as well. Very disciplined.
0: Yeah. Did you continue mm. after that? Um, no. No.
1: I couldn't go back.
0: Something or someone that always cracks you up?
1: Oh, yes. I've been thinking about it. I'd say, mum. Mum is very, very funny. She's hilarious, actually. She's very quick witted. So I'd always say, She'd always crack me up in any situation. Um, and who do I love, actor-wise? Who really cracks me up? Actually, you know who really makes me laugh, and I can't help it. I think it's because his, his sense of humor is so dry. Carl Pilkinson. Yeah, he's very good. I just think because he's so he's honest. I like the honesty, and I like how he speaks his mind, and I like how dry he is. So for me. I like that, that sense of humor always. Okay, love that. Mm. That's so nice. Or oh, Ross out of friends as well.
0: Okay, you know, Aaron, Aaron is convinced that Ross is the protagonist and it's actually Ross's show. Really? Yeah, he has a theory and it's really annoying because now I can't unsee it and all roads <gasps> lead back to Ross.
1: Really? I'm going to have to watch that now. It's- I like how Aaron analyzed friends yeah but he's like taking the fun out of it
0: (laughs) (laughs) I should have never let him in (laughs) I know you should never let him into the club why did you do that I know I know Um, okay my last question in the lightning round and then I just have one more to finish with is Mm -hmm. have you ever cracked a bone
1: I haven't touched wood okay luckily I've never ever broke a bone in my life thank god yeah me neither Mm -mm, mm -mm. have you ever been stung by a bee either
0: Oh yeah. Oh you A have. Few I times. thought I thought we just like continue the twin thing and I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Have you? Have you ever been <laughs> no, to Airbnb?
1: Never. Oh. Oh, it's horrific. It's really bad. It's really Okay, bad. I'll
0: I'll brace myself. I guess it's going to have to happen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Whenever that happens, you'll know about it.
0: Okay, so one thing I like to conclude with because and it has absolutely nothing to do with any of the other questions, but it's mm-hmm. because I am absolutely obsessed with reality TV. I mm-hmm. ask my guests Mm-hmm. Who is our favorite reality TV star?
1: Probably Chloe Kardashian. Great answer. Yeah, Chloe mm-hmm.
0: is great.
1: I really, really like it. And I'll tell you the reason why as well. Because when, when Matt was in LA, he interviewed all, basically all the Kardashians for, for his job. He said that they're all, by the way, all lovely. And I didn't expect that. Her. I don't know why. I must have prejudged. I prejudged. I'll hold my hands up. But apparently, all really, really nice girls. But Chloe was the nicest. Oh really God. sweet. Really down to earth. Um. Really welcoming. Like she was just dead chilled. And apparently, she was really, really lovely. So every time I'm watching now on TV, I'm like, Oh, I like her. I like her. Oh she's a nice. God. She's a nice girl. Yeah.
0: Okay, that mm-hmm. is great. Did you ever get yeah. to meet any of them?
1: No. Although I was in a restaurant and Kylie walked in um, and I remember asking for a chewing gum. You know, me- remember a friend Jordan? Yes. Um, you, you used to be a friend, not a friend anymore. Oh yeah, she's um, been excommunicated. <laughs> yeah, she's gone. She's gone. I remember going to the toilet and I asked for a chewing gum off her in the toilet. I mean, that was pretty... It's not very Clint's fame, really, but I mean, I did ask her a chewing gum, Jordan, and I did. No, I'd be like,
0: "Can I have a chewing gum and like one of your cars?" You know,
1: (laughs) it's so true. And when she gave me one, I was like, "What? How mean? How tight?" You're Kylie Jenner's best friend. You can spare. No, give me (laughs) a pack. (laughs) Um, No, okay. I've heard that she's really lovely, so that's she's my favorite.
0: Okay, Grace. Um. Well, I mean, that concludes Crack On. You have been such a dream guest. I am so grateful that you were able to give me this time and you are just such a babe. My Gemini twin.
1: I know, Gemini twins. And thank you so much for having me on. I've had a really good time,
0: honestly. It's been really fun. This has been so great. You're an absolute superstar. Thank you so much, Michelle.
1: You're very welcome. And I'll see you soon, my darling.
0: Thank you so much for listening to another episode of crack on i hope you guys are enjoying these as much as i i'm enjoying interviewing these amazing guests um keep sharing keep subscribing and we've got lots more amazing guests coming up on season one of crack on